This is Leon Kutzer. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Jubilee Metals Group. Um, and uh, to explain who we are in a very quick uh, introduction, we are a global, rapidly expanding metals producing company. We produce metals mainly focusing on what companies have regarded as either waste or as perceived waste. Uh, and we are operational in both copper, cobalt, platinum group metals, and chrome across South Africa and Zambia at the moment. Leon, good to have you on the, uh, on the, in, in the interview. Um, there's a bit of a time lag between uh, South Africa and the UK, so we're going to have to, to juggle that. Um, but really good to meet you, really good to um, have um, Jubilee Metals Group back on the, um, on, on the Crux platform. Um, you, were, you last spoke to Crux two years ago when you were just signing up uh, the access to the Zambian um, tailings operations. Um, and in those two years, you know, a huge amount has happened. Perhaps you could give us, to get started, just give a just give us a snapshot of your progress in the last two years, what you've done on, on an operational basis. Oh, yeah, thank you. I mean, if I think back two years and, and what we are today, it, uh, it definitely is a very uh, different, much expanded entity today. Uh, two years ago, when we spoke, we had, uh, at the time, we had told the world about our strategy to diversify our earnings base, which, which at the time was purely based in South Africa on the processing of materials to extract chrome and platinum group metals, platinum group metals being platinum, palladium, rhodium, and ruthenium mostly. We had taken the decision to diversify into copper as the next metal to add to our earnings portfolio, and more specifically, copper in Zambia. Uh, two years ago, we told the world that we had been successful in entering Zambia by securing a vast quantity of waste. Um, just to put in perspective, we as Jubilee are a processing specialist company. Uh, we are renowned in the industry of being able to develop processes to extract metals out of what so many companies in the past and even today regard as either waste or unrecoverable metal. We went to Zambia because, well, on the one hand, it's only a two-hour flight from where our main uh, footprint in South Africa sits, but also because the copper industry has created vast quantities of wastes in Zambia. You know, we told the market previously by um, that Zambia alone has nearly in the order of 3 billion tons of this material on surface. And as Jubilee at the time, we had secured approximately 300 million, a fraction of what's available in Zambia. But already it is a massive quantity of material. And we set on the path of developing a process to extract this copper out of this waste and produce copper cathode metal. Um, we did that by entering the country and acquiring an old dilapidated refinery um, uh, at, in, in, in Kabwe town. Uh, and at the same time, started the design process of our copper concentrating facility. To explain, we would concentrate up these wastes at source and then bring them to a central copper refining entity. And that's what we set out to do two years ago. If we look at today, 
Um, the company is transformed in Zambia. We have recapitalized the refinery. It is a fully fledged refinery making copper cathode and exporting that cap copper cathode. And we only this morning announced that the copper concentrator within this two-year period, we've designed it, we have uh, built it, we've commissioned it, and we have ramped it up to full capacity to run at full capacity as we now integrate this concentrator into the refinery to fully utilize the capacity at our copper cathode refinery. So today we are a company that holds an operational footprint in Zambia, able to produce up to 12,000 tons of copper cathode per month. And I think what's unique in achieving that is if you look at where we focus and how we do things, all of that that we've achieved in Zambia came with a price tag of roughly $50 million, um, which is a fraction of what it would have cost you to build a mine and the refinery and the processing plant to deliver that amount of copper. Over the same period in South Africa, of course, we haven't been sitting still. Um, in South Africa, we've expanded our operations dramatically since we spoke two years ago. We've nearly doubled our capacities uh, on our PGM side and our Chrome operational side has gone up nearly sixfold in size, um, where today we are very significant producer of chrome concentrate and to explain to our listeners that chrome we extract from the material what remains is where our pgms are found in that waste and we extract the pgms from the waste created by our chrome operations and today we uh, as a company uh, we process nearly 250,000 tons a month of chrome and pgm rich material uh, to extract both chrome and PGMs. And that's the company we are today. Of course, we don't stop there. Um, all we've done is really demonstrate to the world that a company focusing on extracting metals out of what companies have previously regarded as waste is not only doable, it's sustainable. It's sustainable offering tremendous growth as we seek to grow even more in South Africa. And of course, significantly grow now that we've proven the ability to take copper waste and make copper cathode. That's where we've come to over the last two years, Merlin. Goodness, uh, Leon, that's uh, quite a lot to unpack. Um, just, just to get things into kind of bite-sized chunks, um, you've invested $50 million into Zambia and you've got a um, nameplate capacity, a sustainable uh, 12,000 ton per annum operation, which is up and running. Do I have that correct? 100% correct. Just when I go into your presentation, I can see that the Zambian operation has got the Sable refinery, which is the 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 what you described as a dilapidated refinery that you bought in in near Cabway Town, um, and that has got a um, a set of tailings feeding a concentrator which you've just described as being complete, and that's the Sable concentrator coming from the Cabway um, tailings, um, and then that goes through to the Sable. Uh, refinery. Is the capacity of the concentrator 12,000 tonnes or is the capacity of the refinery 12,000 tonnes? Just to explain and correct you slightly, yes, the refinery's full capacity, nameplate design capacity, depending on the grade of material you feed it, is 14,000 tonnes per annum. We have given guidance to the market that we will be pursuing to deliver 12,000 tonnes based on the grades of the material. What feeds Sable is two main sources. One, 
is the source from third-party materials in the region of Cabway. Not owned by us, bought by us as it's delivered to our refinery. It's part of our commitment to the Zambian area to formalize small mining areas, offering them access to this capacity we've now refurbished and established. In addition to that, the main feed source is from Project Rowan, which is this new concentrator that has been um, implemented and commissioned. Its main feed source is the waste and tails we have secured within the Indola area, which is roughly about a two, two and a half hour drive from Cupway. The combined feed between our Rowan concentrator and our third party suppliers fully utilizes our capacity at our Sable refinery. It therefore allows us to now consider whether we might expand further our refinery because the demand for that type of refining capacity, especially from our small mining fraternity, which in Zambia is a large thriving industry, is small mining uh, in Zambia. Um, and that's something we would consider in the future. So when you talk about receiving um, third-party material, presumably this isn't tailings, this is third-party primary so the, the small miners deliver ore grade to your concentrator, which then gets um, uh, accounted for and goes through the refinery. Well, concentrated. Quite correct. Refinery. Previously, they, they, it was really tough for them to break into the market because it's not quality ore. In the, and what I mean by that is, is typically in the industry, you'll get a, there's two dominant types of coppers in your ore. And depending which one you extract, that is the company that acquires that. We have the ability to process both types of copper. And that offers these small miners who predominantly mine a mixture of these two coppers access. And you are correct. It is runoff mine material that is then upgraded and brought into our refinery. And those two types of copper that you're referring to are oxide and sulfide? Quite correct, yes. Okay. Good. So, so just just so I've got my head around it, you're you're effectively going to be running. You're going to be ramping up to and then running steady state at around ten, twelve thousand tons of copper per annum. Is that correct? correct. Just, just so I can kind of get my head around it. Correct. Okay. And we'll talk about future plans and growth um, separately. But just for now, you're, you're, you're let's call it twelve thousand tons per annum of copper. Meanwhile, in South Africa, you've also invested. You've expanded the the Inyoni. Um, uh, refinery, and you've got am I, you've got two kind of Windsor Chrome plants. Is, what's been the the capital investment there? I mean, how many in kind of in dollar terms? How much have you invested in the last couple of years into expanding the Inyoni um, process and kind of um, improvements elsewhere in that in that block? Yeah, I mean, if you look over the life of the establishing the South African business, which now con basically consists of three Chrome facilities and a large Platinum Group Metals facility. The combined investment is probably in the order of about $65 million across these operations to today to deliver uh, the magnitude uh, that we are. Okay, great. And um, just again, I'm just trying to understand kind of where we are today. Uh, if, if we if you run today at kind of steady state with your without any expansion or um, um, reduction in your production profile what's your revenue split between chrome pgms and copper well you know how does that how does that look across the portfolio at the moment yeah so i mean one is looking back 
because you know, copper is new, the new kid on the block, so to speak. So if one looks back before the commissioning and establishing of our copper business, our revenue side of our group, because we treat chrome very much as a byproduct. We, we need to remove the chrome to get to the platinum group metals. Um, our main focus is the platinum group metals. So our chrome revenue, purely because of the sheer quantum of chrome, we process and produce. The revenues are dominated by the chrome. But if you look at the income side or the earnings side, uh, if you look at back, you know, 70 to 75% of our earnings are generated from our platinum group metals while roughly 25% stems from the chrome, because we really are processing the chrome purely to extract the chrome as part of getting to the platinum group metals. So we use the chrome revenue or earnings component of the chrome to really subsidize the PGM process to, in, to a larger extent. And uh, with the introduction of uh, copper is there a byproduct cobalt with that? Because I remember that um, um, in Changa and I think in Dolo was, you know, had significant um, cobalt um, uh, byproduct credits as well. You know, what, what does the what does the base metal do to your kind of overall split? Or let, let's look forward for the next twelve months. What do you expect the the the, the split to be over the next twelve months? I mean, it's very much market price. Dependent, correct. I mean, no one, no, no, no one nowadays is bold enough to guess the market prices anymore. Um, the way the world has gone, but um, with copper, you know, coming up at, at its twelve thousand tons per annum, uh, copper has the potential to equal our PGM um, revenues and uh, starting to make a very big a bite into our overall earnings side of our group. Depending on if copper returns back to its $10,000 per ton, it in fact has the potential of equaling our PGM earnings. So copper alone, as we are today's size, has the potential to double our earnings going forward, uh, depending on the metal prices. And you are right, certain of the copper material we bring into our refinery has got this byproduct credit of cobalt. It's why we as a group invested over the past three months, four months, in completing the cobalt refining line of our um, Sable refinery. And that cobalt line, now that we have completed the ramp up of our Rowan project, our project team can now focus on bringing that cobalt operational line into operation to extract out that byproduct credit, which of course is quite significant. Uh, in cobalt yes yeah absolutely okay so really interesting you're effectively saying well you have said that the copper has the potential to 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 double your your um your earnings um now we come to your kind of your market capitalization you know 300 and whatever it is 50 340 million pounds um uh it, that used to be worth more in dollars but it isn't so many so many now but let's call it kind of um it's it's above four hundred million dollars. Do you feel as if you're kind of entering into a phase of steady state um, um, earnings? I mean, traditionally, kind of the, the the metals business, the mining sector can run at seven times EBITDA. Do you think that that kind of is a, is a fair reflection of, of 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 where you are in terms of kind of your valuation to your kind of your earnings potential? Yeah, if you look at our company now, what we've delivered, uh, and now where we are entering into this, you say stable operational phase in the copper side. Uh, and our PGMs that's been there a bit longer, 
um, than our copper. From our earnings side, yes, we now have a nice repeatable earnings, dramatically expanded uh, earnings for the coming um, future. Um, but on top of that, of course, so the valuation, if one looks purely at PE ratio, correct. However, what makes us slightly different than a typical mining company is the fact that we are now entering into our significant and rapid expanding phase in copper. All we've done to date is really executed the first part of our copper strategy. Our second part of which we've already secured the material and is already there and available to Jubilee is far larger than what we've just commissioned, implemented and ramped up. Um, so that's where we are different than your traditional metals and mining companies, is that the growth that is in the very near term, which we are busy executing, is a significant component that uh, has the potential of yet again doubling our earnings because of its sheer size that is being added uh, in to our portfolio. Before we get on to that growth strategy and you explaining that to me, can you just give me a kind of a snapshot of balance sheet health and kind of um, uh, where you are in terms of cash and debt and uh, just just talk, talk me through your your, your, your uh, financial metrics for a moment just to kind sure. of understand I mean, that. We're very please. fortunate um, in that because our companies in its evolution is built from an operating business by adding another operating business. And then from that, we're expanding operational footprint. A significant component of funding our growth over the past year uh, has been from our own cash flow. And we are very fortunate to today to have delivered the copper and the expanded PGM side and yet have no long-term debt in on our balance sheet. So we have a very healthy balance sheet. Um, and we are quite a strong cash flow business um, uh, because of where our cost per PGM ounce is quite significantly below a typical PGM mining company. Um, and equally, because the copper margin is a healthy margin at which we operate um, of all of this material we've been uh, we've previously secured. Okay, thank you. And um, your your. Your half-year figures, uh, which is your financial year end, showed that you had sixteen million pounds in cash. Um, are you still are you um, working that down, or are you kind of, I guess, as you go into steady state um, operations in in, in Rowan, you should be growing that slightly rather than depleting that. Quite correct. The opposite now happens because our heavy capitalization phase is behind us uh, to have brought the company into this phase. Um, uh, to both expand South Africa and implement, construct, commission uh, the copper part of the business. So we now enter into a low capitalization, high cash flow phase for the group. But you presumably, you were talking about a, kind of a, a growth strategy, which is in the planning. Could you tell me, explain to me the growth strategy so I can kind of get that my, my head around what that is likely to um, require in terms of further capital and time. Yeah, very much so. So I mean, the next phase we're now entering into and our project team is now fully focused on, they are fully released from the Southern Copper project as it's now fully operational and running at design throughputs. They now focus on what we call the Northern Copper refining strategy, uh, which is targeting the Copper Belt area of Zambia, which is really the copper rich area of Zambia. Uh, where we have secured a tremendous amount of surface 
material that'll keep us busy for many, 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 many years uh, into the future. Um, and that plan looks to deliver in the order of about 17 to 20,000 tons of copper cathode per annum uh, with a possibility of dramatically scaling that um, into the future, uh, even much, much larger. That project, um, they are key design principles currently that's being reviewed. The key anchor that determines the ultimate timeline and size of that strategy is anchored around the size of the refinery in that will be established within that region. And there are two options available to Jubilee. The one is to build a refinery greenfields, uh, build it and establish it. The second is quite unique uh, to Zambia, where there is the opportunity to acquire yet again a refinery, a much larger refinery than our Sable refinery in Kabwe, to rather acquire a refinery and refurbish such a refinery. Um, it's unique in Zambia that these refineries are available and are up for sale. Um, and that's something that our project group is currently completing that design and commercial review to lock in that decision, whether we will be buying a refinery or building a refinery. It is a key anchor because it dictates the size of the concentrators that will be feeding that refinery um, in the north. And that decision we are expecting to conclude over the next 60 days that that will then be concluded for the company. Refineries are not simple bits of kit. You know, they're quite big, uh, quite complicated bits of kit. Yes, they are. I mean, they. You're, if you look at the technical complexity of executing these projects, um, for Jubilee, there's two components to it. One is we, of course, are processing waste. And I always caution companies who try and enter the space on the notion that waste is easy. You simply are scavenging metal out of surface material. It couldn't be furthest from the truth. Most metals in waste is in waste for a good reason. And therefore, one needs the technical ability to unpack the core reasons why that metal is in waste to then design for that extraction. So your complexity in the project is that initial upgrading of the waste to a commercially viable feed quality. Thereafter, you're right. Your next technical complexity is in refining. Refining, as the term suggests, is purifying that metal to a 99% pure metal to achieve the maximum value from that metal. As Jubilee, it's one of the reasons why when we commissioned the project in Zambia, we first completed the refinery. We then commissioned the refinery on various third-party materials as part of the commissioning, as part of ensuring that we are able to achieve the copper quality needed to secure the best value on selling that copper. And then the concentrator tied in to the refinery to de-risk uh, de the overall project. And with that experience now in the bag, it makes the north, which is far larger, far less technically complex um, because a lot of the techniques were tested and optimized within our southern strategy. 
Yeah, my goodness. Uh, extracting extracting the metals from the waste, as you say, they are waste for a reason because there's a degree of the processing that locks up the metal inside the the matrix of the mineral that is, that is there. Absolutely. Um, yes. I, I last um, I last visited the smelters of the of northern Zambia uh, 20 years ago, but I had a good look around in Kana and Mufulira. And um, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty impressive bits of infrastructure. Um, <clears throat> so you're still very much in the design phase. And I should imagine that part of your choice between going it alone on the, um, you know, building your own green fields and or uh, uh, acquiring a refinery will be the almost kind of um, an optimization uh, choice between the the cost of buying and the the cost of adapting or the or the opportunity of designing your own thing from scratch but without the infrastructure that um, sits with it oh absolutely Merlin you know the world has completely changed over the last two years Um, you know if one winds back two two and a half years ago it often and more often than not would have been more optimal to build your own facility. Bespoke designed to the needs of of your particular material. The world has changed dramatically. Supply chains have been wrecked um, in the world. And therefore, suddenly, your ability to secure a large portion of your infrastructure and your processing equipment within a brownfields that needs renewal is valued more than what it was two and a half years ago, to try and overcome the complexities of supply chain um, in this world. And you're absolutely correct. It's that comparison our engineers are doing between the optimal design versus timeline and capital to get going on something that already exists. Um, and that is a decision and a review that is being undertaken at the moment. Fascinating. Really fascinating. I've also seen some commentary uh, on your website about uh, moving into the Congo, looking at for f- uh, looking at further geographic expansion. Is that something that you uh, have on an ongoing basis? Yes, we we look we're looking uh, around. Um, of course, the Congo, the DRC, um, is blessed with tremendous quality of waste. Um, with it comes complexity of infrastructure. Um, but yes, um, one can't argue that the value of, of the, or the, the value of the contained metal in some of the waste in the DRC draws one to that area. Um, but at this, at the same time, we have a tremendous opportunity in Zambia on pure quantum of material we have, uh, secured. The fact that we've now been there for two and a half years operating, knowing the landscape, knowing how to operate in Zambia. And one never underestimates the requirement of local expertise and local knowledge uh, to form and that lead it takes, that lag, to come and become operational in a new jurisdiction uh, for a company. So, yes, we definitely are looking not only at the DRC, um, at various other opportunities as well, but we certainly are not going to lose focus during that time to implement and maximize uh, the opportunity that's being offered uh, to Jubilee in Zambia. We are first mover in Zambia. We are we are probably the only company that have a dedicated, concentrating right through to refining, um, to to metal dedicated to to wastes and perceived waste materials. Um, in Zambia, we have we have uh, received tremendous respect and gratitude 
in Zambia for the rapid manner in which we entered, capitalized, and operationalized um, facilities. We, you know, if you come, if you look at our operational areas, our footprints where we operate, already the transforming of that areas are visible from our impact. So, one, you know, all that lee or lag time to achieve a certain recognition within a country and knowledge of the opportunity, one can't undervalue that. Yes. Um, message received loud and clear. Um, fantastic growth opportunities uh, in your eyes in 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 Zambia. Um, looking now back to South Africa, and I know it's been the base of the company and it's playing a very important part. Do you also um, see growth opportunities? You've talked about it, kind of an east-west strategy. Are you looking at the eastern limb um, opportunities? Do you see growth as well in South Africa as in Zambia? Yeah, we do. Um, you know, in South Africa, there's two growth areas that uh, excites us. On the one hand is what we've educated the industry on what is capable of being extracted or how efficiently you can extract chrome out of materials. Um, we've set new benchmarks in the industry and, and that has been the driver behind the growth in our chrome side of the business. Because we focused on waste or perceived waste as many people call it, um, we have to be more efficient. We have to design more accurately because the value of the product that we are processing is lower per ton than what you mine. And therefore, we are driven to be more efficient uh, in those processes. And ultimately, that efficiency can and should be applied to what you mine the first time around. Um, and that has been the driver of our growth in the chrome industry. And it's that driver that's driving the knock-on growth within our PGM space as we are expanding our Chrome operation, creating, therefore, more and more of the PGM-rich waste out of that Chrome processing facility. That drives the expansion of our PGM operations. And as you've mentioned, all of what we do in the platinum space at the moment is located in, in only one part of South Africa's platinum group metals and chrome industry. The eastern limb is a whole new area of chrome and platinum group metals uh, that we haven't yet entered. And it's that growth opportunity that we seek to pursue. And again, the same decision as in Zambia exists. Do we build greenfields, brand new, a facility? Or do we buy an old facility and refurbish that um, facility? To make to 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 shorten the time lag to our entry into the space, um, and that's the key decision we currently, as a company, are reviewing and are in, in in advanced discussions on making that final decision on are we buying or are we building that eastern limb footprint. And do you have access to the the underlying material? Do you have access to the the, the chrome waste um, on a long term basis on the eastern limb? Yes, so I mean, what we've done again to de-risk our entry is we have upfront secured significant quantities of materials to ensure that we enter with the buffer of material, while we, of course, would seek to grow further from there. Um, and we've done that upfront by securing that material first to de-risk that entry, uh, to make sure that we have for the first five, six years already secured the material from where we can then grow uh, our footprint. 
has your success on the Western limb pushed up the price of the, the waste on the Eastern limb? I mean, are you finding that um, the people who are selling it to you are asking for a higher price or a share of the profits? Excellent question. Um, we have a Jubilee. We've done a great job in educating not just the PGM industry, in educating the industry in general uh, of the potential value within waste uh, on your portfolio, that it actually could be an asset, not just a liability. Um, so it's come with, yes, an expectation of higher value and therefore higher return within that waste. But at the same time, it's brought tremendous growth opportunities to our company. We are being called to large global entities to review their waste portfolios, to advise them on that potential of extracting value out of their waste portfolio, which was always that natural evolution we were chasing as a group to be that partner, to be that company that can educate your global mining houses that, in fact, we can partner with us. We can extract value out of your waste and turn it into an asset while rehabilitating that historical footprint. So, yes, it's come with a pressure. But again, um, that pressure on pricing is, is buffered by the access to the sheer capital footprint it requires to extract that metal. But at the same time, far more exciting is the growth of the industry realizing that it is specialized companies who can extract that value out of your waste. Um, and there are very few of them around. Leon, thank you so much. It's been a really fascinating uh, talk. I would like to have a separate session where I can go through on the nuts and bolts of the processing technology, but it's probably not the right forum. Um, just kind of as a as a kind of leaving thought, uh, when I look at your share price, you've had a you had a fantastic run up in uh, 2020, 2021. Um, but since early last year, so over the last 18 months, your share price has come down from 20 pence to 13 pence, kind of a 35 percent fall. Um, could you just kind of summarize by saying kind of what your thoughts are in terms of the, the current share price investment opportunity, you know, why are you, uh, why are you, I'm thumping the table now. Yeah, excellent, Merlin. I mean, let's start with the first part, which is the unpleasant part, the fact that our share price has pulled back so sharply. On the one hand, I suppose there's been a sharp general pullback across all mining sector, although we don't, we're not a mining company, we don't own a single mine. Um, but there's been a sharp general pullback. The world has gone into a phase of massive volatility uh, on the market. But all that said and done, um, I think that we had, you're quite right, we had a, we had a huge support uh, right up to our 20 pence level. I think then comes the boring part, the boring part of us building, putting the nuts and bolts together, implementing the dream that we had educated the market on. Um, and actually delivering a copper integrated process, which was there was no reference for the market to look at such a facility. And I believe that is something that the market grew um, impatient of, is when will this be implemented? How will it be implemented? Um, and that was the pressure we as a company were under to ensure that we bring into operation this strategy and this expectation of diversifying into copper and actually showing companies that we're not a platinum group metals company. We are a processing company, which that knowledge and ability we can apply to various metals. So there was a proving component 
that have to be delivered, as well as how would we fund that? How, is, how are we going to fund all of that to implement that expansion in South Africa, the delivery in, in Zambia? And we had to show people that, in fact, most of that we're going to fund off our cash flows. Uh, but I suppose we, had to deserve, we first had to deserve that um, trust that it would come from the cash flows. And that's the part where we now are. So we're looking forward to now actually the delivery of the outcome of that investment to show what that investment now will deliver, both in South Africa and especially in Zambia as a complete add-on to what our previous earnings profile was, because everything we were before was purely Chrome and PGM. It's now that copper comes in as an additional earning stream into the group. Um, and I think that's the exciting part we now offer to the market. And of course, on top of that, with a far greater earnings base for the group, it makes the funding of our next expansion so much easier because your balance sheet has expanded dramatically. Your earnings uh, capabilities have expanded. So your reliance on equity or to fund uh, it diminishes dramatically, exponentially, compared to your ability to fund off your balance sheet uh, for the next phase of our growth. And one final question. you, um, Your investment, uh, your, your capital investment in the first six months of this year was £58 million. Um, have you completed your capital investment? Um, or, I mean, what are you expecting for the second half calendar year or the first half of your financial year? from June to December of 2022, what are you kind of expecting in terms of your capital investment? It's a dramatic step down um, because your South African capitalization is over. It's done. Um, it's running. Your Zambian capitalization of bringing the refinery, the concentrator, all of that into operation, that's done. Um, it's running. So there's a significant step down uh, in your capitalization program because there's a long lag time before the North really starts uh you know, um, the capital starts picking up for the North because while you're completing the design optimization phases, um, now there's a, you know, so our capital for this next six months will be a fraction of what the previous six months was. Leon, thank you very much. I look forward to um, watching your progress and talking to you again uh, as, as the next milestone comes through. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity.